Welcome to Walk in Truth. These are the Bible teachings of Pastor Michael Lance, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people. Learn more about our live stream church services, the Walk in Truth podcast, how to donate, and how to find us on social media when you visit walkintruth.com. Now, here's the conclusion of Pastor Michael's teaching in Galatians 3, verses 10 through 14, called The Curse and the Blessing. original movie, uh, The Exorcist, there's a story about a couple of priests who try to deliver the girl Reagan in the movie, and it's a terrible uh, situation and powers of darkness and everything, and this is, this is Hollywood, but here's what happens at the end of the movie, and it illustrates the point. There's a young priest who gets involved, and finally the demon, you know, he's wrestling with the demon, and he says, if you won't release her, take me, take me. And his face begins to change as the demon invades his body, and he, he goes running, and he, and he crashes through a window to his death. Now that's Hollywood. But it illustrates a point, and here's the point. Jesus takes the curse He absorbs the curse. He drinks the poison. He's treated on the cross as though he had committed my sin and your sin, though he was perfectly innocent. Some of you have been studying the book of Job with us on Wednesdays. And the book of Job is confusing to a lot of people, and they're wondering, why did God do this to Job? I don't get it. And we've called the whole series The Problem of Evil and the Power of the Gospel. This is extremely important to understand about the book of Job. Job is a foreshadowing of Jesus. Job is an innocent sufferer. God says he's a righteous man. He's one of the greatest men of the East. He has compassion on people. He's he's a, a man of worship and prayer and righteousness. He's blameless when it comes to the outward keeping of the law. And Job begins to suffer in that book. And it's because Satan... Uh, wages an attack that God allows. And in chapter 30, we studied this Wednesday night, Job has gotten so low in his life that the lowest people of society, as he sits on the ash heap in suffering and agony, they walk by and spit in his face. They have songs about him. Oh, Job the joke. Look at you. Spitting in his face. They have circles around him. They sing these songs day and night. And Job is so weak, he cannot defend himself. He has gone from the heights of blessing and prosperity to the depths of the ash heap so that the lowest dregs of society have fun and sport mocking Job. And he says, oh God, where are you? Oh God, what have I done? Job is a picture of the greater Job, Jesus, the ultimate innocent sufferer. In order to make sense of the book of Job, you have to see the idea that Job is a foreshadowing of Jesus, the ultimate innocent sufferer, and that's a big thing, a big theme of the book of Job is this idea of redemptive suffering. The Redeemer came to suffer in our stead. Christ suffered for us the just for the unjust, 1 Peter 3.18, in order to bring us to God. That's the gospel. That's what Jesus did for us. Christ rendered perfect obedience to the law. He kept it, I'm quoting, in every jot and tittle. He failed in no respect. 
He fulfilled God's law completely, perfectly, and absolutely. Not only that, he has dealt with the penalty meted out by the law upon all sin and upon all sins. He took your guilt and mine upon himself. He bore its punishment. The penalty of the law was meted out upon him. And so he so honored the law completely, positively, and negatively, actively and passively. There is nothing further the law can demand. He has satisfied it all, close quote. Aren't you glad? See, last Sunday we talked about how we get the righteousness of Jesus credited to our account. And it's because of his perfection, because of his sacrifice, because he's on the cross experiencing the judgment that I deserve. And one of the best ways to try to get your arms around this is to trade places for him, with him for a second and realize that what he goes through is what you're supposed to go through. What he experiences from the judging hand of the Father is what I'm supposed to experience. Why is he there? Why does he allow it? Why does he take the curse? Why does he take the judgment that I deserve? One reason. For God so loved the world that he gave. This is the love the law demands. This is the love I rarely give. Take a look at our culture today. How desperately does our culture need to see the implications of the gospel? Amen? How desperately do our marriages need to see the implications of the gospel? See, it's one thing to know the gospel intellectually. It's one thing to know it and have received it into your heart. It's another thing to walk out what the gospel means. Oh, wait a minute now. Are we getting legalistic? No. We're just talking about what should happen once we've met this great Redeemer. Once his spirit begins to move in our lives. Christ redeemed us from the curse. He became a curse. The word redeemed is a word commonly used to, of buying a slave's freedom. Flip over to chapter 4 for a second. Take a look at verses 4 and 5. But when the fullness of time came, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born Here's that word again, under the law. So that he might redeem those who were under the law so that we might receive the adoption as sons. And because you are sons, God has sent forth the spirit of his son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father. Therefore, you're no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son, then an heir through God. O come, O come, Emmanuel, and ransom captive Israel that mourns in lonely exile here until the Son of God appears. See, the winter that Israel experienced was broken by the fact that they saw a great light. Jesus Christ coming into the world the moment he came into my life and I realized what the gospel was, I'd grown up in a system where, frankly, I thought that God was mad at me most of the time. And I tried to live my life performing, doing the right things, and eventually I just kind of waved the white flag and I went my own way for a number of years and I walked into a, a church like this and heard the gospel and realized, you know what, someone else did it for me. 
Someone else has adopted me or wants to adopt me into his family. Someone else has paid the ransom, took the curse. I can be free. What a remarkable twist to this story. One writer says it's almost a good illustration is thinking about someone who was going under heart surgery and the heart surgeon in the midst of the uh, procedure realizes that this person's heart's not going to make it and they're going to die. And there he makes a decision, does the surgeon, to give that person his heart. That's what Christ did. He's the ultimate doctor. And he says, I'm going to do for you what you can't do for yourself. This is hope for sinners. This is hope for you and for me. Because we've all sinned and we all fall short of the glory of God. Final verse. Christ uh, bore mankind's curse on the cross in order that in Christ Jesus, key phrase, in Christ Jesus, the blessing of Abraham, that's kind of where we started in the chapter, might come to the Gentiles so that we, we might receive the promise of the Spirit How's it come to you? Through faith. How do you join Abraham's family of people credited with the righteousness of God? How do you come to a place where you are right with God? Remember in the Chronicles of Narnia, Edmund, the little annoying brother, always getting in trouble. Kind of a smart aleck, Edmund. And Edmund ends up in the land of Narnia and gets deceived by the white witch. When she realizes who he is, she deceives him with, of all things, Turkish delight. Anybody ever had Turkish delight? Anyway, if it's something like candy, we all realize how powerful that deception could be, right? And so, oh, climb up into my sleigh. Oh, what, what would you like? Turkish delight, yeah. And as he eats the Turkish delight, he begins to expose his brothers and sisters. And Edmund, all of a sudden, thinks he's got a great deal from the white witch. He's going to get to serve his king and prince. Uh-uh. Edmund's going to end up in a really bad spot. But all of a sudden... Aslan is on the move. You guys remember the story? Aslan is the lion. I used to play on a softball team called Aslan's Pride. It was, it was a lot of fun. Aslan enters in and he's on the move. He's on the move. And finally Aslan confronts the white witch and Edmund's there and, and, and an exchange has to take place and he negotiates with the white witch and all of a sudden... The girls watch as Aslan in the middle of the night gets up and goes with the white witch and just gets completely destroyed. He lays down with all of his power and regalness and majesty and lets the white witch and her cronies do what they want to do to him. They tear his fur off. They, you know, do everything dashfully. And then finally she takes the knife and plunges it into Aslan and <laughs> he dies. What is going on here? You'll hear more from Pastor Michael in a moment. 
Life on the go can make it difficult to catch up on your study in the Bible. If you think about it, Walk in Truth with Pastor Michael Lance is here for you kind of like a daily supplement to help your spiritual growth. You can listen to Walk in Truth whenever you want because it's on podcast too. Subscribe to Walk in Truth on your favorite podcast app. For example, if you have an iPhone, we're on your iPodcast app already on your phone. Walk in Truth is also on iHeartRadio, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and many more. So listen on your hike, during your drive, or while you're getting work done at a coffee shop. Basically, listen whenever you want. Subscribe to the Walk in Truth podcast, available on your favorite podcast app. Living Truth Christian Fellowship in Corona, California, the church behind Walk in Truth, where Michael Lance serves as senior pastor, must resort to live streaming their Wednesday night and Sunday morning services. If your church isn't able to live stream their service, we invite you to fellowship with us from the comfort of your home during this unfortunate time. Visit walkintruth.com. That's walkintruth.com. We'd love to see who's listening. So please connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Just do a search for Walkin' Truth Show. Now, back to Pastor Michael Lance, right here on Walkin' Truth. What they want to do to him, they tear his fur off, they, you know, do everything dastardly, and then finally she takes the knife and plunges it into Aslan, and (laughs) he dies. What is going on here? C.S. Lewis, who was a one-time atheist, who said he was brought into the kingdom kicking and screaming, (laughs) wrote that story. And I don't think there's any doubt that we know who Aslan represents. See, he takes what Edmund deserved, and Edmund wasn't the best dude to begin with, right? But Aslan allows himself to absorb the curse, and of course, in the story, there's some magic that the White Witch doesn't really know about, and Aslan rises. I'm going to show you two passages, and we're done. First, turn back to 2 Corinthians, just a few pages to chapter 5. Now, this promise of the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, coming into our life is how we know we've entered into Abraham's family, or namely, Jesus' family. And here's what 2 Corinthians 5 Verse 3 says, Inasmuch as we having put it on will not be found naked. 2 Corinthians 5.4 For indeed, while we are in this tent, we groan, being burdened because we don't want to be unclothed, but to be clothed so that what is mortal will be swallowed up by life. Now he who prepared us for this very purpose is God, who gave to us the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, as a pledge Therefore, being always of good courage and knowing that while we're at home in the body, we are absent from the Lord, for we walk by faith and not by sight. We are of good courage, I say, and prefer rather to be absent from the body and to be at home with the Lord. See verse 5 there. God prepared us for this very purpose that we would experience eternal life, redemption of our bodies, and he gave us his spirit as what? As a pledge, a down payment, a guarantee. How do you know that God's going to be true to his promises? You have his spirit. He lives inside of you right now. Finally, all the way to Revelation 22. Revelation 22. The final chapter of our Bible. 
says these incredible and encouraging words. Then he showed me a river of the water of life, 22.1 of Revelation, clear as crystal coming from the throne of God and of the Lamb. In the middle of its street and on either side of the river was the tree of life, bearing 12 kinds of fruit, yielding its fruit every month. And the leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations. There will no longer be any curse. And the throne of God and of the Lamb will be in it. And his bondservants will serve him, and they will see his face, and his name will be on their foreheads. And there will no longer be any night, and there will not ha have need of the light of the lamp nor the light of the sun, because the Lord God will illumine them, and they will reign forever and ever. And he said to me, these words are faithful and true. This morning I was listening to J. Vernon McGee and he was talking about, I didn't know this about J. Vernon McGee, but I guess he had lost a little girl um, somewhere along the line. I, I don't know the full story, but he said that she's in heaven and that does his heart good. And he said, if you offered me a million dollars, I would never invite her back here if I had that power. And he said, do you know why? He goes, I know this city, he's talking about L.A., I know it pretty well, and I wouldn't want her to come back here if she's looking at the face of God right now. Don't want her coming back to L.A. <laughs> Everybody know what I'm talking about? You look around at this world, there's some wonderful things to celebrate, but there's a lot of cold, hard realities in this world. In the last uh, several Sundays, a man named Bob, in his 90s, he strolled down here with a walker, kind of bent over from years in life, took care of his wife for many years. He went home to be with the Lord just a few days ago. Every time Bob walked into a Bible study, and I know his life was hard, every time he walked down this church, I know he had a lot of pain in his body. You know what Bob had? A smile. And Bob is absent from that body and at home with the Lord. See, the curse will be no more because Jesus absorbed the curse. This is not only about now, <laughs> abundant life now. This is about the life to come. This is about all our hopes and dreams. This is about heaven. This is about redemption. This is about a glorified body. This is about seeing loved ones again. This is about the restoration of all things that were lost in the fall. Amen? And our great hero, Jesus, is our great redeemer. Father, thank you so much for uh, all that these texts mean to us, the living word of God, the things that you've promised. Thank you that Paul illustrates it so beautifully for us by your Holy Spirit so we can see the promises of God. Can't help but think of a lonely figure on a cross absorbing the penalty 2 Corinthians 5.21, I think, says it best when it says he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Jesus, thank you for taking my place. Thank you for absorbing my punishment. Thank you for taking the curse to the cross. Thank you for buying us, for buying me out of the slave market of sin. 
Thank you for everything that means to me, my family, our future. Thank you for this precious church body, Lord. Thank you for their passion for the gospel, the passion they have for truth. I pray that these truths that are the, really the foundation of our faith would encourage hearts today, refresh faith, renew passion for the gospel, Lord. And if you're here and you've not met this great Savior, you thought you could do enough good things to earn your way, you just can't. Why not just cry out to him to save you right now? If you're not sure you're a Christian, it's just something this simple. It's already been paid. You just got to make it your own. Lord Jesus, please save me. Pray it if it's you. I understand the cross. I understand the curse. I understand what you did for me. Thank you. I turn away from my sin and I place my trust in you. Be my Lord, my Savior, my God, my King. Make me part of your family. Grant me your Holy Spirit so I can be born again into your family. That I can have the guarantee of my future in you. I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you stand? You've been listening to The Curse and the Blessing, Part 3 on Walk in Truth. That was the conclusion of Pastor Michael's teaching in Galatians 3, 10 through 14. And don't forget, if you missed any part of today's program or part one or two of this series, you can listen on walkintruth.com or wherever you get your podcasts. And just so you know, Pastor Michael is the senior pastor of Living Truth Christian Fellowship in Corona, California. And you're invited to attend either our Wednesday night service or our Sunday morning service live streamed on YouTube. Join Pastor Michael and the Living Truth Christian Fellowship family in worship and for an inspiring teaching from Pastor Michael. You can find Living Truth Christian Fellowship on YouTube and by going to walkintruth.com. Pastor Michael and the Walk in Truth team would love it if you joined us. Now, here's Pastor Michael with a word. Well, as we have talked about the curse and the blessing, it is such a good, good thing to, to just ponder in your soul that the curse has been reversed in Jesus, that he took the curse at the cross, and that Revelation says the curse will be no more. If you need some encouragement, read the early verses of Revelation 21 and 22, about verses 1 through 5 or 6, and learn there what's ahead of us, because that curse that was defeated at the cross will be ultimately canceled out in the reign of Jesus Christ that is ahead of us as believers. And that is such good news, and we're so grateful. That's the bottom line. We have the blessing in Christ, and I hope that you are in Jesus Christ today. Hey, if you've not met Jesus as your Lord and Savior, this would be a great time to come to know him. I don't know why you would wait another moment. You may be a person who's been listening to Christian radio for quite some time, and maybe you've just been saying, hey, I'm going to Continue to listen and and try to figure this thing out. Hey, do you have enough now to know that you're saved by grace and your burdens can be lifted from you and you can be forgiven and you can have a new life in Jesus? Now's the time, my friend. Don't wait another moment. Ask Jesus to save you. Repent of your sin and receive him as your Lord and Savior, and he will be faithful to save you and save you to the uttermost. 
Well, we have a special uh, message that's coming ahead of us in the book of Galatians. And Galatians is a great book. And it is, is the law contrary to the promises of God? And the answer is going to be no. In fact, the, the law is straight from God. And so we're going to learn a little bit more about that. The law is not contrary to the promises of God. Jesus fulfills the law. And that's ahead. So stay tuned and tell a friend about what you're hearing. Hey, if you'd like to connect with us at 7 p.m. on Wednesday nights, we have a midweek service. We've been going through the book of Ezra. We've been doing a little teaching in Joshua as well. And I want to invite you to participate by live stream or in person. The live stream does go out on our YouTube channel at 7 p.m. You can connect to the YouTube channel when you go to walkintruth.com and just, uh, hey, take it in and worship with your family. And if you'd like to come out to Corona and worship with us, we would love to have you. Information, directions, all that's going on on a midweek service at 7 p.m. at Living Truth Christian Fellowship in Corona, it can be found out at walkintruth.com. So glad you're listening. This is Pastor Michael. We will catch you tomorrow right here. Tell a friend. Keep praying. Keep your eyes on Jesus. We'll see you then. And one more thing. Walk in Truth is a listener-supported program. Your $5 donation helps us broadcast on radio, provide the podcast, and do free apologetic events. It's all part of our mission to equip you with the truth in the Bible and how it applies to today's issues, trends, and culture. So please give your donation at walkintruth.com. And thanks to everyone who's been giving $5 and much more in the past few months. We're grateful for your generosity. And join us tomorrow for Pastor Michael's teaching in Galatians chapter 3, verses 15 through 22, answering the question, is the law contrary to the promises of God? I'm Mike Massaro. You'll have to wait for that answer till next time on Walk in Truth, where it's our goal to equip you to reach out with God's truth to all people.